Okay, as I said, I've, I've been driving around, around listening to it the past uh, four or five times, so it was really fresh. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it, it's great. It, it's a great record, and I've come, uh, I've, I've come to terms with the fact that I'm not jealous of Sam anymore. I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never was. I love Sam. I'm the one, secret spoiler alert, I'm the reason why Sam uh, is in Interpol, because he, like, he quit the Holy Terrors. He quit, and then he came back. And then we weren't we weren't going anywhere. It was uh, you know. So I said, uh, I said, Sam, you're too good a drummer. You gotta you gotta find a band that's good, that's gonna do something. You know. So I didn't yeah. I like didn't let him come back again. I got I, I wouldn't allow it. I got another drummer and I didn't let him. And he ended up moving to New York and he was working in the record store and he met uh, Daniel and the rest of his history. Yeah. But yeah. So. Oh, definitely. I think you can definitely claim lay claim to. To your yeah. you're playing part there, yeah. I, I like playing to all sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everyone. This is That Record Got Me. Hi, I'm Rob Elba. Good morning. It's morning for me, but it is afternoon for my guests now because I'm talking to someone all the way in Scotland. I'd like to welcome to the show, Mr. Josh McKenzie. Welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you for having me. All right. And uh, Josh is the singer guitarist for the Scottish band Lionel, That's correct? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I've been listening. You, you sent some links, and you guys have a video. The your latest song and video, it's out now. Oh, happy birthday! Happy, that's right, happy birthday! And and it's 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 good. It's it's really good. And um, obviously, you guys, I would say, uh, post punk. Do you guys con- consider yourself a post punk? I know labels don't matter anymore, but sort of an yeah. alternative post punk. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't really thought out from the beginning, but when we just we started to play gigs and stuff like that and release music, people started drawing these sort of um, or joining these dots, saying you sound like this new wave band or this post punk band, and and. Um, and that kind of prompted me to get more into that style of music, and I think gradually it's just sort of grown onto it, uh, I suppose. So, so yeah, I would, I would define us as kind of alternative post-punk sort of right. rock. And yeah. and your style, I would say, definitely ties into the record that you chose. So uh, why don't you go ahead and let us know what we're going to be talking about tonight. So we're going to be talking about Turn On The Bright Lights by Interpol today. Yes, Turn On and, The uh, Bright Lights in a Poland. First record, uh, the debut record. It was released August twentieth, two thousand two. Uh, Matador. So, yes. so let me ask you. Obviously, I saw you. You resumed, resumed a little at first, and I saw uh, Josh. And I saw him from the video. Obviously, young guy, a good-looking guy. Uh, so, when, <laughs> how old were you when this record came out? I was um, eight, eight years old, oh, nine, yeah. nine years old. Yeah, yeah. You were eight. All right, so you didn't. I guess you didn't hear it right when it came out. Maybe. No, I was. I was too busy listening to to Limp Biscuit and Corn. Oh, and really? Already? Oh, wow! You're listening to that already at eight. Yeah, and some sort of classic rock like Van Halen and Black Sabbath, some of which I still enjoy. Right, right, uh, right. But yeah, it was a good bit later on that I. I, I I think I became aware of Interpol around about like our love to admire, so like sort of late noughties, like 2007. But I didn't really. I was maybe too, I was just too young to sort of appreciate them, really. Oh, okay. So you were so when you first really got into this record, you were like in your teens, like later teens, maybe. Yeah, I think. Um, 17, 18, yeah. So right. round about round about when I was starting to like sort of form my own band. I'd I'd already played in bands and stuff like that when I was really young, uh, but then it was time for me to sort of go off and and make my own thing. And it kind of was quite a pivotal time that I found the band properly, I right. suppose, and particularly this record. Okay, and got more serious. And and we should mention Lionel, you guys are a pretty big deal over in Scotland. I mean, you guys uh <laughs> you guys play some good uh some some great shows uh opening for bands. You uh what's some of the bands you guys have opened for? Yeah. We're uh, well I mean we we supported Noel Gallagher a couple of years ago, a big open air sort of gig. Uh we've supported the Chameleons 
Um, well, it's like Mark Burgess's sort of, because I, I don't think he can use the name anymore. Right, right, Mark Burgess, Chameleons, which is another band. Yeah, <laughs> when I saw you, when I when I listened to that song, Happy Birthday, I got back to you, I said, wow, I definitely hear a, a Chameleons uh, yeah. in there too, which is great because they're awesome. Uh, he's great. Yeah, really, really great band. And really kind of underappreciated band from that sort of, you know, that sort of scene in the early 80s of kind of North English kind of post-punk, I think. They're kind of overlooked a wee bit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, but even more so here uh here you know uh, yeah a lot of people never even heard of them but yeah they're really great yeah it seems like the age when you fell in love with this record is is, is the same for a lot of people like what i've been reading about is a lot of people either in their late teens early 20s discovered this record and it just really had a big effect on them yeah it really really did i mean i think it was like at the time in my life um I, <laughs> I wasn't in a, I wasn't in the best place. I was kind of probably partying too much no, no, and no. you know and yeah, it was pretty standard kind of rough and tumble of growing up and becoming an adult I guess. But it was just kind of the perfect companion for like these kind of nocturnal adventures. Oh, um, okay. Like, sort of like, you know. Right. I guess. And and gay. And also, I was going to ask you. So it was recorded uh, with producer Peter Cadis at uh, at his home studio in Bridgeport, uh, Connecticut. But they're uh, but they're a New York man, obviously. Uh, and it was the the songs were written before September 11, before 9 11. But they didn't start recording the record until October first. Uh, yeah. 2001 so it was after that and I really feel like especially listening to it and and some of it maybe just me projecting on it but it, it, it I feel like it changed the the tone of everything and it colored everything darker much darker and do, do you think yeah. it has anything to, to do with it I think definitely I think even even if like all the lyrics and all the parts were written I think probably the way it was executed in the studio was was definitely would have been in some way influenced by the fact of everything that they've just gone through in their city right. and right yeah i think you can hear that especially on the song nyc there's a certain kind of i don't know i don't want you know it's almost like sort of phoenix from the flames sort of oh vibe yeah to, yeah you know he's describing the the imperfections of the city but in a kind of charming way yes yes uh, right right yeah so i think there it's there's just a bit more yeah, it's kind of, it, it, you know, it's cloaked in darkness in some ways as well, but there's these really bright kind of um, openings with like some of the keys, parts and stuff like that, where it really kind of it starts. It sounds quite triumphant at certain parts. Yes, as well. right, right. That's true. And they do, they, they just have, I mean, the knock people uh, that I've heard on them is that they're um, Joy Division. Obviously, they get a lot of Joy Division uh, uh, comparisons, but that's not really fair because it's only paul's voice the fact that paul's got this deep baritone yeah. voice and that's similar to ian curtis but aside from that they're 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 not really like you know uh joy division i mean you know maybe their their songs may be gloomy but not in the same way <laughs> no really not i mean subject matter i mean I, I mean i obviously appreciate joy division and the impact they've had but i've always right. found ian curtis's lyrics just too heavy for me to get on board with uh, in some oh, ways okay. I, I, <laughs> in a place it's a little bit too too dark I, even though i appreciate their impact and and right. musically i'm really drawn to peter hook's bass playing and stuff like that yes but for me like even if you know it, in some ways there was similarities between interpol and joy division i feel like the, the, what paul banks was singing about definitely was just much more i had much more of an affinity to that so i could get on board with the darkness but it's kind of like you know there's more um how would i put it i've got more in common with what he was saying right guess, right and, okay yeah, yeah that makes sense that makes sense and, and also musically, they're not that similar just because they employ the uh, Interpol employs the uh, guitars like the interplay, the two guitar interplay, which yeah. which they do really well, and it, it, it's a big part of their sound. And uh, that's not yeah, it's not the same that what Joy Division is doing. But I, I imagine that's probably something your so your band you you're the singer, but you play guitar as well. So you're yeah, I started playing guitar when I was like a toddler. So that's my that's my first instrument. And uh, so yeah, I, when I listen to a band, firstly the first thing I'll be drawn to is like the guitar playing. And yeah, it's like this twin guitar parts sometimes in these songs. So we have uh, Paul Banks, uh, lead vocals on guitar. We got Daniel Kessler. We have uh, Carlos D, no longer mm -hmm. in the band, left the band after their fourth album. Was it the fourth album? Fourth album after the self-titled album. Yeah, yeah. He, self-titled. He, he, he didn't do the tour or anything. He just left after the recording. Yeah. 
flew the coop and uh, definitely uh, he was an interesting character and a really good bass player. I mean, I really appreciate his bass playing on those first uh, yeah. records. Yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, obviously, I love the the albums, the past couple of albums, particularly Marauder. I think that's like a really strong album. Yeah, but I I am always going to miss Carlos Dengler's bass playing, like oh, okay. bass playing in the context of Interpol. Um, I just think it, it. I like as we discuss this record more. The rhythm section is a huge part. I know we just spoke about having a guitar player and stuff like that, but oh, well, I was saving I was saving that for last, the best for last, because obviously uh, my dear friend Samuel Fogarino, the rhythmic anchor of this band, and uh, yeah, we we discussed it in Sam's recent episode. I remember when he joined them, and I remember he brought me these uh, even before it was released. He had the because they they were recording this before even while they were signing the deal with Matador, they were still. Um, fleshing out the deal while they were recording it and okay. he gave me the cd and i listened and i go wow i mean this is obviously these guys uh these guys have something and uh he was all excited they signed with matador but uh i remember the first they were on this this tour like for the record like just when the record had come out and uh they didn't come down to south florida where i live fort lauderdale so me and my friends me and tony landa uh, Will Trev and the late Caesar Lavin, uh, no longer with us. Love you, Caesar Lavin. Uh, we got in a car and we drove up to Orlando to see them in Orlando, and uh, mm-hmm. we were all excited. We saw Sam, and then uh, it was great. I mean, it was—I don't know if the show was sold out. I think it was. It was in this place. It was sold out, and we were all like, "Oh shit, Sam's going to be a star. He's going to be a rock star. <laughs> He's going to be famous." Because <laughs> we just kind of knew we had this feeling, and you just got the vibe. And those uh, fuck. This is my one. I mean, I'm a huge Sam fan, obviously. And I've yeah. I've grown to appreciate these guys. I've seen them a lot because I just I see them, and they're a really solid live band, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah. But Sam had already been playing. He was really solid, and those these guys were all new. This was their first band, uh, basically. Yeah, I know. So the the thing that always bothered me, just real quick, Josh, this is me. My I have my own issues, my own personal issues with things. The thing that right. bothered me, this fucking these guys form a band. And they get signed to Matador and they start sold out doing sold out tours and that's it. And they think yeah. that's what you do and that's all you have to do. And they don't know. Sam's the only one that knows. Oh, no, they fucking hit the lottery. You know, that's like that's like one in a million that it works like that. I'm pretty sure I read that like he, he had said that like, you know, he was just sort of turning 30. And he was like, he was actually thinking like, well, I've done, you know, I've, I've, I've been in bands for 10, 15 years. I think I'll maybe think about doing something else. Right, now, but right, right, this, right. This last band, another crack, Yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly. It was kind of like last ditch. It was like, he was quite sort of content. And then almost like this just kind of came out of nowhere. And another thing I want to ask you about, actually, I, is it true that he was offered the job in Madeline Manson's band? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he was for sure. Yeah. <laughs> And thank right, God, okay. he, thank God, he turned that. Down. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the the eventual drummer is pretty good. The guy who did those, was it Ginger Fish or something? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ginger Fish was a great drummer, and uh, yeah, but they, you know, slowly Brian was getting rid of everyone in the band, and uh, you know, either firing them or I don't know if Ginger may have quit though. But um, yeah, and Sam yeah. was, as you know, Sam is a great uh, one of the great modern drummers i mean he's really good so obviously that was the easy choice for them to say hey let's try and get sam but no thank god he said no that uh, um, right okay yeah been bad i don't think i would have been going to all these marilyn manson shows to see <laughs> sam. <laughs> all right so let's get into the record let's start listening to it yeah. um so the first song untitled uh, so uh something interesting they do is they they just give a lot of these songs titles and a lot of times the titles don't necessarily have anything to do with the song it's just the yeah. title that they give it right mm-hmm. yeah like obstacle one and two and kind of yeah. exactly yeah so this uh i guess apparently it was designed to be an opener because they would for you know obviously for years they were opening it with it and it, it is a really good opener because it takes its time and it's got mm-hmm. drama it's got all this drama right yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, one thing I'll 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 point point out or touch on is that like I think it's Daniel Kessler's guitar part that starts it. Is it him? Is it his yes, delay? Right, right. Yep. Like the there's this this uh, sort of uh, really kind of um, shows like the the sort of subtle genius of his guitar playing because I mean as a guitar player I maybe wouldn't have even thought much of that riff if I'd come up with it. Right, um, right. 
He was kind of, I think, obviously, he's quite good at picking out things that obviously have atmosphere that maybe and the other guitar players maybe wouldn't think much of. And and yeah, it's just it's so ominous and brilliant. The right, way you're, you're right, because it's simple. So you probably, a lot of guitar players would think, oh, that's just too simple. There's not enough to it. They yeah. want to jazz it up more. Exactly. And it comes in and, and it's plot, it's almost got this plotting regal uh, beat to it, uh, but it but it works so well and it and it and it works so well uh, live as just as an opening thing because it like I said it uh, takes its time and uh, and there's yeah. uh, not many lyrics to it. Uh, surprise sometimes will come around. Yeah, uh, I will surprise you. I'll come around when you're down. That's that's basically it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's really good. It it, it it's good at setting a mood. And uh, one thing that I've learned to appreciate with Interpol is they're definitely their own thing. They're their own band, and they're not like a lot of other bands in the, the way they operate and the the way they put their music together and the way they present it. They're very they they like a band. I feel like that knows who they are and and what they are, and and, and they're not trying to be anything else but them. Whatever yes. weird little unit they are. <laughs> no, I totally agree, and that can really you can kind of see that when they play at festivals. You know, you see that like often other bands kind of play up to the festival thing and maybe try to be you know like for example, let's use the Killers. You know, you get Brandon Flowers kind of being more of a showman and you know right. and sort of playing up to the occasion. With Interpol, it's like no, we're we're just we're we are what we are, and that's what you're going to get. They're going to do and, their show, right? They're going to play, yeah. and they're going to do their show and play, and they're going to play really well. And they're not going to, yeah, exactly. They're not going to, uh, they're, they're not going to do some vamp on a song and clap and get the audience to clap with them. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. I mean, actually, maybe yeah. Daniel does do that sometimes, well, but it's just their own thing. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, but it's still it's its own thing. Yeah, it is. Uh, all yeah. right, so now we get uh, you, the aforementioned. You said they got an obstacle one and an obstacle two. Let's listen to a little bit of obstacle one.
All right, so the lyrics, now we get into uh, Paul's lyrics. What do you think? Uh, well, you've already said you, you're a fan of uh, Paul's lyrics, right? I am very much a fan of his lyrics to the extent that, like, I he's the first lyricist where I felt like, because I had always kind of written songs. I knew how to structure songs and was quite good at coming up with melodies and stuff like that. But I always found it, I was like, I, I, I felt like I, I don't know how I'm really going to, what I'm going to sing about. And I didn't feel like what, was happening in my life like it was appropriate to sing about in the context of like i don't know rock songs but then the finding this album that really changed that like i felt like he he kind of is just he he kind of covers a side of life that kind of um you know the sort of nitty-gritty of relationships and and not being the best person all the time and right you know, and right right yeah um yeah, and I, and I, not trying to paint like this bright uh, picture about things, but just sort of, yeah, laying things out there. And also, uh, a lot of his lyrics are absurdist, I would say, um, Dada-esque at times, which which I have appreciated over the years. I've learned to appreciate more because uh, I, I like that. I feel like he's just sort of sometimes they're just uh, writing and the song maybe doesn't have a, a specific meaning. It's just the the words are there to create a yeah. mood and create a mood of the song. There, yeah, there's they're suggestive enough to create like a nice atmosphere. Like just to throw it back very quickly to Untitled, Untitled you know, they're very, very stark lyrically, but I feel like there's still like a sultry quality to them that kind of just builds the atmosphere. And that's kind of, that happens throughout the album right, as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So when he's talking about uh, in, in this song, in Obstacle One, uh, but it's different now that I'm poor and aging, I'll never see this face again. You go stabbing yourself in the neck. Did you read about what that's uh, supposedly partially about? Is it, was there like some model who had killed herself by, killed herself stabbing, by stabbing herself in the neck, which sounds horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeez. Right. But, um, um yeah, but they don't, uh, like you were saying, he, he doesn't necessarily write specific uh, story songs, but he'll more write uh, these lyrics that can be interpreted in different ways. But he throws in these little dark touches to uh, yeah. to the lyrics in the song, which are which are good. And obviously, which a lot of people grabbed onto for some reason at a certain time, the, you yeah. know, the, I think they came out at just a certain time where a lot of people sort of appreciate it. And, and in reading, in like doing homework on the record and reading about it, so many people say they just this record like means so much to them and and you said that when you said oh i want to do this record because it means so much to me and and that's pretty cool that you make that a band's going to make their debut record is going to have such an effect on people that are basically the same age as the band except for old man sam uh you know (laughs) we're all sort of going through the same thing at the same time i think what you were saying about the absurdist side of it and you know out of nowhere having this like image of a model stabbing herself in the neck to draw a really bizarre sort of parallel to maybe like a filmmaker like like say like Quentin Tarantino where the mu- where the films you know there's they're not they're not just comedy you know it's like it's got a lot of emotional depth but out of nowhere there's going to be something just that's really going to like test your metal in, in terms of what you can handle I'm ready let's do it right now right here come on all right same as last time remember your crowd control I handle employees I love you, pumpkin. I love you, honey bunny. Everybody be cool, this is a robbery! Any of you fucking pricks move! And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you! you know, right, 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 right. These, these really kind of uh, absurd, crazy, over-the-top sort of uh, images, lyrically. Right. So, yeah. All right, so now we get the... the smoldering epic heart of the record right i would say this next one uh listen to a little bit of Seven faces 
Seven faces. I thought I knew which one to wear, but I'm sick of spending these lonely nights training myself not to care. Uh, the subway is a porno. Uh, pavements, they are a mess. The, that's that always that, that's a really great uh, line right there. Uh, the subway, because if anyone's yeah. been in New York and lived in there and, and ridden the subway, that's very accurate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, times. well, I mean, well, I mean, as someone who's never been to New York, I would have taken the subway line as like, like when when you're when you're on public transport in general, sometimes you do just kind of check out the preferred sex. Like yes. you know, to pass the time or whatever. Oh yeah, is that maybe People what he's referring it. to, or or is this is the New York subway a bit more sort of? Um, well, I don't know, it's, it's just New York is is such a it's such a crowded, diverse city. So obviously, when you're people watching on the subway in New York, you're going to see everything. You're, you're going to see, you know, God knows what you're going to see. So yeah, I think that's kind of like what he was touching on. Like, yeah. you, you never know what you're going to find there, but you're going to see a little yeah. bit of everything. And then and then I love just the New York cares tagline. New York cares because it's almost like the singer saying, "I don't know, does New York really care?" You know. <laughs> it's very sentimental. They're putting a very sentimental thing about New York cuz a lot of people uh have this vision of New York as being this magical special place, but then if you actually live there for a while, you it could also be kind of yeah. shitty, you know. So I think that's yeah. Yeah, that's kind of. I mean, it's, I can draw a parallel to London. It's like it's just so many, such a large population of people. Everyone's just so disconnected, you know, because right. it's so frenetic, and and you're just uh, a sort of yeah. And so and I can, and I have to aside from the the musicality again, it's just got that strumming very and and a lot of the especially the beginning songs in this record, they take their time, you know, which is really good yeah. and i appreciate it because that's uh that's sometimes a hard thing to do especially for a band on their first record you would think they would kind of rush want to rush things or rush through things but they really take their time with these songs and let them sort of uh, present themselves and even yeah in the where, where where sam lets it breathe with just doing the hi-hat pattern keeping that, that yes kind of, yes that and, and and just how about that beat in general that beat he's playing through most of the song is yeah. just it's just so good and it's very uh it, it adds so much to the song and one, one thing I didn't mention that I definitely wanted to mention is we talk a lot about uh, song credits and bands. And yeah. uh, Interpol's a, a band where they just, all tracks are written by and they put the band. At the time it was uh, Paul mm -hmm. Banks, Daniel Kessler, Carlos Tengren, and Sam Bogarino, which is great as far as the band, everyone gets to split the royalties and everyone gets uh, uh, you know their own share. And now they split it three ways, which is really awesome. But it, it, yeah. it, it it's also appropriate especially for a band like this because each member adds so much to everything you know it wouldn't be the same you know this song wouldn't be the same without sam's drums in it, yeah no absolutely um no i completely agree they are one of those bands that, and that's kind of why i do grieve the loss of, of Car uh, carlos dengler within interpol because like I just feel like, yeah, all they were just a perfect unit. And there's bands like that throughout history. Another band, totally different, but one of my other favorite bands is Blur. And oh, I feel yeah, like right, right. They're, they're another band where it's like it's done that way. It's like four ways, and, and without with, with one of them missing, it's just not the same. You know, right, it can't right. Be. They've, uh, but I, I think they've uh, done a good job, Carlos. I mean, it was up to him. Carlos wanted to leave. He didn't want to be yeah, in the band know, anymore. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I, like, absolutely. You know, these things happen. It's, these things uh, happen. <laughs> and, and and as I say, Marauders, I, I see Marauder as being up there with the first two Interpol albums. Right. You know, in terms of, uh, and I love all the albums. I really do. I appreciate something. Okay, in that's good. So you're a real fan. And there, uh, you heard, I guess you know that they're recording their next album there in uh, in, yeah, in, in the UK, in yeah, London. Yeah. yeah. So or, that's, uh, that's presumed, exciting. Yeah. Maybe you, can go, really may, maybe you can go camp out outside their studio. and. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If you could give me Sam's details, that'd be great. I'll uh, yeah, sure. I'll, why not? And then you can say, "Hey, I was on that that stupid podcast that you were on, Sam." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All no, right. Well, yeah. So now we get another one, like many Interpol songs. The title does not appear in the lyric. It is PDA.
this song just starts out with Sam just killing it. We've been talking a lot about drummers because uh, uh, the passing of uh, Charlie Watts. Uh, we just had a yeah. Charlie Watts episode. And just about how certain drummers have their own style where you, you sort of hear it. And, and it makes so much of a difference. Like, you can't just sit any drummer down and play, you know, it's going to sound different. And his, no, totally. Yeah. yeah. Like, particularly, like, the, the, the way that that opening beat is played. It's like you could get another drummer to play it and it just will not sound the same. Oh, yeah, um, right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. The, the, the kind of, I think because like Sam's kind of, I feel like he's sometimes quite jazzy, but he's also got this like just hard hitting. Oh, boy. Dynamic. He had, believe me, as someone who's, who stood right in front of him for five years, <laughs> Sam hits his drums hard. <laughs> yeah, which I, I need from a band. You know, I really need that like in from a drummer. Like, uh, right. That's really, I'm a, I play drums as well. So it's like, it's, oh, okay. it's like, the kind of it's really to be honest with you, the, the, the even the sound of a snare drum on an album can make or break an album for me oh yeah right right this, this album's got great bass drum and snare drum sound on it it's yeah just, it, it does it really does and um so this is another song kind of maybe about a, a breakup but the singer sort of conflicted a lot of these songs have an underlying um either relationship theme or sex theme to them right yeah definitely and you know for better or worse i've been able to relate to them a lot over the years right. um but yeah like for something that i feel not to get too deep into psychology and stuff like that but something i feel is a recurring theme is probably like an, an anxious attachment style from the protagonist not being able to commit to things not kind of yeah you know avoiding attachment style sorry is what i meant Oh, okay, you know, okay. Yeah, he gives enough away in the lyrics to tell that there's definitely right. there's a lot. And there yeah. is, and 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 I will say, there's a lot of dry humor going on here that maybe a lot of people miss, and they may just think, oh, it's also dour and poetic. But there is humor in there. Uh, just the, the, you know, the words, the way he uses uh, sleep tight, grim right. We have 200 couches where you can sleep tight, yeah. grim right. I don't even know. I'm not sure what it means, but it sounds really good. But he, he, he makes some interesting uh, choices, you know, lyrically. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, like, I, I, without knowing what it means, I almost understand it. I don't know, like, the, the 200 couches thing. Um, is it maybe meaning, like, there's always, a, I don't know, there's always a couch for you to sleep on wherever you That's what up. I, yeah, that, that, that's kind of, whatever. like, how I took it, too. But, yeah, it, yeah. it's good. It, it, it's a good way to put it. Also, I want to draw a conclusion, um, sorry, a comparison, rather, um, to the chameleons here, which there maybe will be a couple more, but... The intro to the Chameleon song in Shreds is quite similar to, to the, how this one's done as well. I don't know if you've heard that one. Oh, yeah, like, okay. And I'm, I'm going to play a little bit of it uh, underneath here, too. Yeah, yeah, that, that's good. But, um, but yeah, so, I mean, I, do you know where the Chameleon's influence would have come from, from the band? Or, or, you know, God, I don't know. We should ask, I, I should ask Rad. I don't know if you've heard me mention my friend, Rad Bastard. He's, the, he's one of the first yeah. ones that turned me on the Chameleon. He's like a huge Chameleon fan. Because he's other bands in they stole all that shit from the, from the chameleon. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I'll ask him whether he'll probably come up with some ridiculous parallel, like um, okay. oh, Frank Sinatra or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> It'll make no sense, and then he'll explain it. So, <laughs> it makes sense. This episode of That Record Got Me High is brought to you by our patrons at Patreon. What is Patreon? It's a platform that lets you support artists and creators that you love. Just go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and pick a membership level and you could help support the show that you're listening to right now. We have special patron curated episodes. We have a newsletter. We do shout outs. It's a lot of fun and help you feel more connected to a show that I'm assuming you like because you're listening to it right now. So if you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and become a patron today. I would really appreciate it. All right, so speaking of uh, sexual tension and obsession, this next one, say hello to the angels.
silent parts, the parts the birds love. I know there's such a place. I had my back turned. You didn't realize I'm lonely. Yeah, this this song, this song's really good. I've always liked this song, and I feel like it's a little different than everything else on the record, too. Definitely. I think when I first listened, when I first listened to the record when I was like 17 or 18, it was like, for me, it was a slow burner. You know, it was yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. my friend, my, who's a keyboard player in the band, uh, Lionel Gordon, he kind of, because I'd always been aware of like evil, you know, like the sort of, that was like the big hit or the that I'd been aware of by Interpol. And I really right. liked that song, but I felt like, you know, you stick on Turn On The Bright Lights and you're not, you're not instantly, it's not as, ca- you know, from it's not like catchy, it's not traditional catchy indie pop songs, you know, like Evil or Slow Hands. Right, right, but as right. as I was getting into it, that was the first song that really stood out, you know. Um, and yeah, and it was like, I mean, I was sort of, I guess the, 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 the obvious comparison is just the beat is quite similar to, I guess, this charming man by the Smiths. Right, right. It has a Smith feel. Yeah, and Sam's drumming in this again. Just that train beat, which is a signature of Sam. He's got he did that in yeah. the Holy Terrors a lot uh, as well, and he just got a really great train beat. So that definitely drives the yeah. song for sure. Yeah, the kind of shuffly rockabilly thing at the start, which right. is, is great. Yeah. All right, so now we get a nice uh, dreamy slow burner hands away this is a this is a song where it's very it, it it's almost like a wisp of a song and I, I especially i remember when when they play this live this song definitely has a mood until just this week what this song was about and that it's absurdist it's kind of an absurdist take on on what homosexual bondage right yeah which i had no idea i had no idea at all but then when you read the lyrics and this is again where i say where you sort of see paul's little humor in there little uh sly humor right yeah i mean i mean totally why not even if it's not autobiographical i think it's it's very interesting subject matter it why is, not yeah. explore these things you know yeah but the line um, let's see about this about ham you. that line <laughs> let's see about this ham that that that's a great line but it's sung with so much conviction that yes it's like, yeah right exactly exactly <laughs> yeah um, I, yeah again this this song is like i feel like this song has like four or five like cousins in the Inter- Interpol catalog that then came after it. Like even in, in terms of like li- uh, lights. Oh, the this. song lights. I was just thinking of that. A- another song. Yeah. yeah. That sort of builds and builds and never, I mean, in a way you could say, well, it builds, but it never goes anywhere. But that's sometimes that's not the point. <laughs> just yeah. the, the, it's, it's all about the tension and the building, you know, that's what it's about. And, and I, I feel like that's kind of a thing again, it's kind of you get in chameleon songs like uh, Swamp Thing. Uh, is, oh, know, right. Like, yeah, it's got that. Oh, that's so great. And it's got that long, uh, yeah, that long intro to it. That's so beautiful. And you just like you, you're like on the edge of your seat waiting like what's going to happen next. Uh, yeah, 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 it's great. And it's just really nice. I really like how, you know, the, the sort of um, the drums is basically just like hi-hat parts, you know, it's but they're they're really getting a chance to, to stand out, you know, just really simple. Yeah. I had stuff with the odd tom thrown in. Really, Bill Sam's really good at using his toms. Like oh in, yeah, in, well yeah, he's he's yeah. he's uh yeah. Let's not. I'm I'm tired of blowing smoke up Sam's ass, but he's yeah. He's really sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he is this one. You know, I really I've always looked out for drummers and bands. It's a big part 
for me so he him and yeah he was he was always like he did stand out when i first listened to them yeah 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 well definitely like i said they were re- lucky you know he, he was lucky to find them and they were really lucky to find him so it was a good uh it was a good meeting good marriage and i can't believe they've been together so long over 20 when i was talking to him the other day he said oh it's been 21 years i'm like what how is that possible <laughs> yeah it's crazy it's it is crazy, crazy. All right, so now we get the second obstacle, obstacle two, which apparently I guess they wrote obstacle two before obstacle one, but that just the titles don't really uh, mean much. <laughs> I'm gonna pull you in close, gonna wrap you up tight, gonna play with the braids that you came here with tonight. I'm gonna hold your face and toast the snow that fell because friends don't waste wine when there's words to sell Another sort of love song, but like a weird, uh, twisted love type song, right? Yeah, um, I yeah, I would say so. Even like the the, the opening lines, uh, was it? I'm gonna, what? I mean, what does he say? Is it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull you in close, gonna wrap you up tight, gonna play with the braids that you came here with tonight. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna hold your face and toast the snow that fell. This, I. I I remember spe- uh, specifically not liking the lyrics in this song, especially early on. Maybe I appreciate them more when he says, I feel like love is in the kitchen. With a culinary knife. With a culinary eye, yeah. I think he's making <laughs> well, something. A culinary eye, is it? Yeah. Or knife. I, I, yeah. I think so. I, I, that's what I have on my uh, lyric sheet here. Uh, yeah. He's making something special. I'm smart enough to try. I don't know. Poetry, sometimes, you know what? Uh, like a lot, not just in a bowl, a lot of bands, the lyrics aren't meant to just be read as poetry. They work better in the context of the song. Absolutely. I think Paul Banks actually made this point himself when, um, because you know how he's a big rap fan. He's into like lots of rap yes, music. Right. And, uh, and, and I think I, like, an interviewer asked him like, well, do you, do you approach lyrics the same way that you, you know, or do you get influence from your favorite rap artists? And he said, like, no, you can't really write the same way. You have to consider too many things in a rock song to actually just, you know, there's, there's, you know, he said that about rap and poetry. He said it's like it's, it's, he actually kind of said it was more of a pure form of like, you know, writing of, you know, writing words. Right. But right. He's, compared to like in a, in a rock song, it, it has, you have to account for the rhythm and, and yeah, yeah, right, right. Catchiness and yeah, and the cadence and stuff like that. So. Yeah, yeah, and and he he's good at that. Actually, he's really good at and and yeah. that's it. So maybe when you just take them away and just read them, sometimes you're like, oh, really, Paul? But uh, no, they they work much better in the uh, context of the songs. And um, this next one, Stella was a this diver, was and she was always diver, down. Draws the inspiration from the trilogy. The Illuminatus. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I only found that out when I was because I was kind of doing a little bit of research right. past few days. I did not know that until now. But then oh, obviously okay. the submarine where this character is in is called Leif Erikson as yeah, well. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> that's something I'm going to explore. That's I mean, I did not know about that. That's like a bit. That's a bit of an Easter egg. Right, right. right. But uh, I've always liked this song. Uh, the lyrics again, poetic. But I, I just I, I appreciate more and more the uh, absurdist bent to the uh, the songs where you don't have to. He's not trying to spell everything out. He's more just yeah. trying to yeah create a mood. And I, I I definitely like that and I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, yeah, when he's talking about <laughs> you know at the end, he's kind of just like sort of um, talking about. Uh, a, a female being airtight and 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 sort of saying oh yeah so good oh yeah that right <laughs> yeah yeah doesn't leave an awful lot to the imagination <laughs> yeah 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 submarine but, you know, the submarine I, thing yeah but but it's quite funny i remember like me and my friend gordon listening to this years ago and we're just kind of like sort of giggling at this bit at the end of the song because it is just absurd it's absurd it is yeah, yeah. It is, which is great it, it's good um all right now we get the most post-punk song on the record uh this song just kills Especially uh, when you see them play this song live, Roland. Uh, yeah, this is one of my favorite Interpol songs, just because it's the yeah the outro on this song is just like... oh yeah the outro with the guitar it just uh, and just the drumming and I think it uh, well I know live when I when I see them do it I always feel like they're speeding it up a little as it's going on like yeah. it just keeps exactly. right uh, which it needs to. It's funny we were just we were talking about that when I was talking about Charlie Watts. Bobby McIntyre, he said, you know, sometimes the song needs to speed up, or, you know, it needs to happen. And, uh, yeah, it's true. Uh, but this song, again, absurdist lyrics, but based on maybe a real thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, pro- probably there's been a lot of kind of, like, serial killers and stuff like that in New York over the years, or, or you know, right. is it, I'm, I'm guessing it's like, it's about a subject who... You know, is cutting people up or yeah, I it's a know. guy, yeah. a butcher. I think he he was a butcher actually, and he was killing people, but he would carry his knives around with him and thinking that no one would know. But I, yeah, I don't think it was. I think it was in Europe, uh, Poland. I mean, it says in the song, yeah. "My my best friend's from Poland," so uh, maybe it was, it was a guy from Poland. Right. Okay. But yeah. the uh, twists and turns that the song takes, though, uh, it, are are really great musically. It almost you know? is like a, it is almost is like a sort of crime thriller. Yes, like that. exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I, the one line I absolutely love in this song is uh, he always took the time to speak with me. I I liked him for that. Yeah, like, yeah. I can really, like, <laughs> like there's so many people I grew up with that like have been to prison and and like they've done really kind of awful things, but you just you know then you bump into them in the street and you've known them since you're like four and and then you can't help but kind of have a fun fun conversation with them or you've still got a weird respect for them against what your moral compass is telling you right Uh, well that's nice yeah. Wait, Josh. How many people do you know that have been in prison? A, a lot. Oh, no, sorry. I kind of I overegged it, but I mean, I live in quite a small town, but just just a couple. A okay, couple. okay. <laughs> mainly drugs, you know, mainly kind of, you know. So we can't 
can't be too harsh on them. But, right, uh, right. But, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's a good attitude to have. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this next one, uh, very pretty and, and uh, very sad. The uh, new... sadness uh to it i feel like and a, a lot of it could be like we were saying because it happened uh, they were recording it right after 9-11 and it was probably just a sad i mean i don't know how i don't know how it was for you guys over there but i'm sure it was still i mean i, I know it was a worldwide thing where everyone was kind of just sad and like oh my god it was like such a horrible yeah. thing so i'm sure you had you felt oh, that over sure. there as well yeah i mean i was so i would have been yeah i was eight years old when all right we get it josh you're young <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm quite I am quite sort of um, obsessive about chronological things. All right. Um, so, yeah, I remember walking home from what we call primary school. I guess I'd be like elementary school in the States. Right. And um, and yeah, I, I, it was shocking. Yeah. Like watching it on TV, like even as a kid, you know, you don't really have a, a full compass of like, you know, the, you know, what's happening in life consequentially and, you know, in terms of emotions and stuff. But watching it, I just remember like like just having this feeling in the pit of my of my chest just like oh my god like you know right. this is this is crazy this is like i've seen this in sci-fi films what is happening you know this is is this real like this is insane so so definitely yeah even in the north of scotland to like a kid who's in like you know elementary school or whatever it was so massive yeah it really was it changed it changed the world it really did yeah it did and you're probably so i guess you're probably around the same age as my daughter one of my my daughter Corey. i mean she never josh she never totally for, forgave us because a lot of that day like a lot of kids their parents were taken out of school like when they found out they were so all these kids were taken out and she's like waiting yeah. like when am i getting and we didn't take her because it's like why do we have to take her out of school she's fine you know they're not attacking florida <laughs> <laughs> and she's like why didn't you when we i picked her up why didn't you pick me up <laughs> so yeah that's oh uh, uh, yeah that's yeah funny. all right and now we get uh the final song on it uh leif we we mentioned leif erickson already and i didn't know so uh, do you know anything about <laughs> leif erickson because uh, apparently i don't think the lyrics have much to do with the icelandic i guess he was an icelandic explorer guess like you could just be drawing a, a, a comparison like to some it's exploration of some sort it sounds like it's maybe an exploration for right the night. right right you know my sail my lifeboat sails through the night or whatever you know he's kind of 
you know, he's, he's talking about picking someone up or going to get someone or yeah. Right. Right. And uh, yeah, but there's a certain uh, absurd, again, the lyrics are very absurdist, uh, data-esque, and uh, it, it, I like it, actually. I like, um, she says it helps with the lights out. Her rabid glow is like uh, braille to the night. Braille to the night. Yeah, yeah, she swears I'm a slave to the details, but if your life is such a big joke, why should I care? So yeah, there's that detachment that you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and sorry, just to go back to a wee bit to the new as well. I think what I was saying about that that detachment, that avoidant sort of relationship style thing, that is prevalent in the new more than any of the other tunes. And oh right, into- right, yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that's the one where his his heart's breaking. His heart's breaking. In yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I can't pretend there's a part of me that he needs to defend from this other. So you know, that's you know, not give, not being able to give yourself to someone, not being it, having I always kind of self-preserve yourself in some way right right yeah and i guess that's part of the reason why it uh, connected with so many people around a certain age because just a lot of people it's almost like uh you have uh, at that age you have all these feelings but you don't even know what they are you just have all these conflicting feelings they're so yeah very complicated very complicated mess and it's complicated And the and and this one with the the new and Leif Erikson, uh, this is something else that I've learned to appreciate with them because the melodies are hidden. A lot of times they're hidden in the songs, and they may not be apparent at first. But as you listen, uh, repeated listens, they reveal themselves, and they have a lot of melody, but but it's subtle and it's hidden a lot. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, definitely. I know. It, like even there's really lovely kind of. Um, is it like a, is it electric piano or like sort of xylophone sort of sounds in this that are that are doing really nice little like sort of sub melodies in right. the verses and yeah the, like I really like how this song is just like it just stays up like it doesn't ever really get up to the levels of like rolling or something like that it kind of builds but then it just stays at this nice little sort of like like a sort of sedative sort of pace. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. Which is which is fine. Some some songs need to do that, and they don't always have to go a, a dynamic. Be like so dynamic and so in your face. So that's uh, I think the knock is. Uh, I've heard people say, "Oh, Interpol's boring. The music's not that catchy." But it, it definitely is music, especially this record that you just gotta spend some time with. I think and listen you, to. You, you sink into it gradually. You sink into like, it, and it becomes. Impressive hypnotic it all becomes very hypnotic yeah absolutely that's actually something i had written that i kind of made some notes like like even going back to the 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 rhythm in nyc is kind of hypnotic oh yeah yeah it just kind of of revolves and circles you know just you know the bass and the drum part just yeah it's just that's yeah right and yeah there's sort of like a a languorous uh sadness to it all that's and you know one thing i gotta look i'm gonna look and if i find i don't know if i could find it because i think i looked for it before and i couldn't rem i know michael stike from, from rem was a big fan of that song NYC. that's bizarre sorry to interrupt you there I, I did write down that i was going to make rem comparisons oh um, isn't that funny because there's uh supposedly for a while he would he would sing a little bit of it at their shows he would sing a little bit of nyc but i don't know yeah. if there's actually uh have you heard that or have you seen video of that there is a little clip of him playing in new york and he, and he plays it just he solo. Does. okay so there is saying earlier about how like the joy division comparison and particularly with paul bank's voice um i for some reason i've never i don't think i've seen anything about it online this comparison being made but when i first listened to the band uh, obviously this album mainly i was hearing a lot of michael stipe and rem uh, okay yes some of the delivery in his voice and i, right, I don't know right. if, there's, if it isn't a conscious influence at all but I think there was, and then obviously then Michael Stipe had mentioned how he really loved the the song NYC. Right. So, and there's, and some of the lines in that are kind of a bit Michael Stipey. 
I think. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah, because Michael Stipe, again, also someone that's that's very uh, absurd. His lyrics will maybe not be, they'll be a little, uh, you know, hard to uh, decipher, and they're not just, everything's yeah. not spelled out. Yeah, there's a lot of similarity. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking uh, Paul's probably an R.E.M. fan. I, I, uh, Sam yeah. is for sure, I know, so I'm sure. They're one of these bands that's sort of everyone, even if you say you're not a big fan of, you just, everyone knows R.E.M. And they were, they were another band that knew who they were and what they sounded like and were their own thing, which is, I would Absolutely, say, Interpol yeah. is as well, right? That's the difference between R.E.M. and U2, I would say. Not to, you know, not U2. Oh, so look at this. Throwing down, Josh, <laughs> throwing down the gauntlet. You know, well, U2, they were always kind of looking around at what was popular when they were kind of coming, you know, and they, you know, they were they adapted to the sort of the musical zeitgeists, but I feel like REM just did their thing. And that's I see, what yeah, that's it. good. That's a good point, actually. Yes, uh, and uh, that is a good point. But oh, but you better be careful. Well, you're in Scotland, so you're all right. It's it isn't like you're in Ireland, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they say, did you hear what that singer of Lionel said? <laughs> All right, so that's great. I'm glad. Uh, I'm I'm glad we did this record finally. I'm, uh, it's funny. You uh, you were probably surprised. No, no one's done. Uh, turn on the bright lights yet? Yeah, abs- I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I, I thought surely because I, I was looking through because I you know I just I sporadically just go and listen to episodes for like when an album catches my eye, right. and I was surprised I couldn't see any Interpol stuff in in the catalog. Yeah. Of, of- of uh of albums you guys have done or sorry you now of course it's just yourself that's right uh, no more you that's all right uh yeah but you you were a, a good person to do it obviously because it definitely had a big uh effect on you and uh yeah, it really did. that's great i appreciate that so lionel what's going on with the band lionel first of all what's the best place for people to find you do you guys have a band camp or where should they go yeah well just like facebook facebook.com forward slash Lionel band. So it's L I O N A L. So Lionel with an A. Right. Um on on Instagram is Lionel Band as well. And Twitter, I believe, is Lionel Band. Uh, I've also got my own sort of solo project. It's more of an electronica type thing. Oh, um, do you? I do indeed. Yeah. That's that's more kind of like the Depeche Mode new wave kind of like human league and then oh, okay. Like justice and stuff like that. It's, you know, it's all over the place, but there's still songs at the core of it, um, and that's called the Joshua Hotel. So you'll get the Joshua Hotel on Facebook and, and okay, Instagram. Nice. That's awesome, and yeah, it, it is really good. Uh, you, you guys are good and uh, good stuff. Uh, a good band, and Thank I appreciate you, you uh, coming on the show, and I appreciate you accommodating me. I had to do this early, so it's a little early for you, but I hope it all. I hope it worked out good for you. It's all good. No, it was just because there was a there was a big soccer match on earlier. Uh, and, yeah, you don't you don't have to say soccer. You could say football. It was a football yeah. match. <laughs> you it don't have to golf. pander. You don't have to pander to me, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> this American. It was, it was Glasgow Celtic against Glasgow Rangers. Ah, okay. And unfortunately, <laughs> Glasgow Celtic lost. I'm a Celtic fan, so. Oh, okay. So. All right, that's great. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I love that. I I love that. Um, I, I love how you guys are so obsessed with that. <laughs> <laughs> I follow some musicians like people and it's funny. Uh, who is it? Um, but it, it's funny how you follow these guys, these music guys and all they're talking about is football. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> they're not talking about music. They're talking about Yeah. I, I guess you get that. Like for like, you know, even like, like for example, like Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like I, f- I follow him on all his social media. All he started really talks about is the Lakers. Oh, you know, really? like, so I'm to like geek out on things like what pedals is he using and stuff like that. He's just right. Like, you know, just <laughs> That's funny. All, the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Josh. Yeah. Once again, thanks. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Definitely, you guys should uh, check out Lionel. I'm gonna play some uh, your stuff uh, at the end of the show as well. Uh, don't forget, guys, you can go to, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at, at That Record Got Me High. Also, that Facebook group got me high. Are you on that, Josh? Are you a member of uh, that Facebook I'm group? I'm not, but I will promptly Get on. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Twitter, it's at TRGMH Podcast. And you can email me at TRGMH33 at gmail.com. Don't forget, guys, if you want to become a patron of the show, I'd appreciate it. We have another patron curated episode that's coming up soon. Uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH, become a patron of the show, and subscribe. If you guys are listening, and uh, just the easiest thing to do, just if you, whatever you're listening to it on um, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, 
subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. I don't even understand why it helps, but it helps. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> understand why. But uh, everyone else says it to subscribe, so I'm telling you to do it too. Subscribe uh, to the show. I'd appreciate it. Uh, Josh, once again, thanks for coming on. It was great talking to you. Pleasure, Rob. Thank you. All right. And I'm going to tell, I already told Sam we were doing the episode. He was excited for it. So uh, we'll get you guys, uh, we'll get you guys. Maybe uh, Lionel open up for Interpol at a show one day. Yeah, definitely. They play Glasgow quite a lot. So, you know. All right. Let's make, make that happen. And then I'll fly out there and I'll, you know, Excellent. That sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. All right, man. <laughs> it was great talking to you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. We'll see you next week. We're out of here.